Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an Indie Games podcast, your weekly source for all the Indie Games news you need to know. This week we are bringing you two quick news stories, actually. They're not, like, super hefty or anything, and I can't even say I'm honestly that excited to talk about them, but hell, Hot we're gonna dickies. do it, okay? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a good episode. Vaughn has no interest in today's episode whatsoever. Let's get into it. Uh, and of course, we have News Cram, where we have a legitimate quick news stories, a whole bunch of new stuff. We're going to check out a game over on Kickstarter called Chronosword, answer your audience questions, and so much more. But before we get into that, I would like to introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside my illustrious co host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How are you doing today, big Josh Boy? I'm doing pretty well. Um,. Hopefully this will be a shorter podcast because in about two hours we're getting hit with a tropical storm here in Florida. Noise. Who doesn't love that? Yeah, dude. It's already been raining like a bunch on and off and like strong winds going. And I'm already looking outside my window and I'm like, there's a lot of puddles around here and it's not even raining hard yet. Like this, this might be bad. Have you ever seen snow before? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I was just curious. I was like, I don't know if it actually snows in Florida. No. Like it... Well, I mean, where I'm at, no, it doesn't snow in Florida. But I've just, I've been to other parts of the States when it is snowing. Oh, okay. Do you get like super excited about it? Like I have a friend who grew up in Nevada. He now lives in Idaho. And like we were hanging out just yesterday and he's like, oh my God, it's snowing. He was like super stoked about it and wanted to go walk barefoot in the snow. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? <laughs> I the mean, snow fucking sucks. <laughs> if you're used to it, yeah, it sucks. If it's the first time or like a very rare occasion, it's different. But then again, like I, I thought it was really interesting. A couple of years back, I, I was traveling. I forget where I was. I think it was in DC, and it started snowing that day. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I looked up, and all the snow kept falling in my eyes. And I was like, I instantly hate this. This is annoying as hell. <laughs> like, what a, it's what a terrible like- thing one of the worst natural phenomena it's so annoying i fucking hate snow like driving in it sucks especially because like i live in idaho and you'd think people know how to drive in snow nah they're like i need to get to my destination at 90 miles an hour in the snow and then they crash (laughs) and i'm like that's on you bro like Mm -hmm. i don't understand why you suck so bad at driving in the snow it's not even like we live in fucking minnesota or something where you have to get snow tires or like fucking chains it's like a little like little drizzle snow it's like less than a foot and they're just like driving off the road which (laughs) is dumbasses i fucking hate snow man strong opinions here i yeah i owned a truck for a little while and it was literally the worst like in the snow garbage i put like hundreds of pounds of sand in my back in the back Uh of my truck uh still no traction (laughs) and then uh it just happened to rain one day and my fucking tire slid too and i was like are you serious right now it's like a drizzle are you serious (laughs) fucking hate it i hate snow so much it's the worst yeah true struggle yeah in florida we never have that so i mean it's pretty nice right here you know it looks like i'm moving to fucking alligatorville (laughs) hell yeah baby the tables Fucking have turned. <laughs> have a turn tables. Oh I fucking hate snow, though. Yeah, it's absolute garbage. All I right. fucking well, hate it. It's good that this isn't a podcast about snow, because, man, this would be awful. I mean, Seriously? I guess it would be awful anyway, because, like, what would we talk about? I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot to talk about with snow. I don't really know. I don't know. We could do the snow day podcast, where it's just, like, we're going through historical snow days. We, okay, you've never actually, I'm assuming you've never experienced a snow day. Nope. I mean, I, I guess the the closest equivalent would be like 
a hurricane comes no (laughs) yeah we have just an alligator takes over the school you know no (laughs) no biggie no the equivalent would be a hurricane came and uh basically shut off all our power because like power cables got destroyed and shit like that so sometimes you just don't go anywhere because it's like oh it's not safe to go like i've had times where school was canceled because my area like my my block was literally just like flooded and it was like well there's no way i can go anywhere like i'd have to get a boat and actually paddle to school oh my god and then over here in idaho we get like i i'm not even joking one time we got less than a foot of snow and it was projected to continue snowing but let's be honest like meteorology is just straight up like a scam like that's that's pseudoscience i'm just gonna be honest right now like they're always wrong and it doesn't make any sense but there was like a foot of snow and it was projected to continue to snow and the buses like tires, I guess they were slipping a little bit. And even though I lived in walking distance of the school, they called it a snow day. And then literally less than an hour after they called it a snow day, the sun came out and melted all the snow. And I laughed so hard, especially <laughs> because my then girlfriend, now wife came over to my house and we were like hanging out. My dad was like, Hey, you guys skip school today. And we're like, nah, it's a snow day. And he didn't believe me. He was like, if you guys want to skip school, all you have to do is tell me. You don't have to lie to me. And I'm like, I'm not joking. It's a fucking snow day today, even though it's like summer. I don't understand. (laughs) It's the dumbest shit, dude. Fucking Idaho has the sketchiest weather. Like, and I obviously we don't have like fucking tropical storms or anything like that. That's crazy. Okay. You're getting sharknadoes over there. Me. I mean, yeah. Except there's alligators in it. Yeah, okay, there you go. It's an alernado. It's an alligator nato. I don't know how you're supposed to say that. But <laughs> I like how I say that like it is an actual thing. Yeah. I... <laughs> There's alernado no sounds like a weird way. politician name. <laughs> probably. I mean, it was that would probably be like a name that's mostly derogatory. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. they just like say it. That's the name that people brand them, not the name they chose. Kind of right, like the right. biggest of average Josh boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the yeah. name I chose. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, eventually you might choose it. We never know. Like everybody has a change of heart sometime. Nope. If, you know, stories, cartoons have ever taught me anything. Well, uh, my life is not a cartoon, so I will have to pass. <laughs> But yeah, the last thing I'm going to say about this before we get into some housekeeping and actually talk about indie games, yeah, Idaho's fucking dumb. Like, it can be literally like summer. It can be hot as fuck one day, and then the next day it's snowing. And then you're like, what? How? This doesn't make any sense. Like, we had one week that was like the worst, like it was some of the worst snow we've ever had, and then the rest of the winter, it was sunny. Damn. I was like, what? Idaho. This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Very bipolar does not know what it wants yeah it's the dumbest shit but let's get into some housekeeping of course if you're listening to this on patreon which will be on tuesday uh this developer interview i'm going to talk about is going to go live the day afterwards but please listen to patrick trainer's interview uh his their game is called the pat is patrick's paradox yes um that developer interview goes live on wednesday uh so people listening to this on free feeds on fridays you can obviously already listen to it and i hope you already have because they're great interviews but thank you if you have not check it out i'd also recommend if you're gonna watch that probably watch a trailer first because this one is a it's a puzzle game and it's a little bit weird because it's all about like 
the puzzle of you going in and out of different like boxes, like boxes within boxes. It it's hard to describe and it sounds kind of weird, but like just watch like a minute or so of the actual what it is so you get a better idea because i i believe i even said it in the interview i was like it's kind of weird to describe because it's just this is like the inception of fucking video games yes this is so weird yeah yeah but it's dude i played the demo of it and it's it's actually a lot of fun like i'm very interested to see the full package of this game i'm i already know right now i can tell you with absolute certainty i'm too dumb to play this game (laughs) well Way I'll, too fucking I'll play it and let you know how it is okay there you go so please listen to patrick trainer's interview for patrick's paradox that goes live on wednesday the day after this goes live for patrons and of course a few days earlier than free feeds please check out the indie pod store for all sorts of different indie pod merch we're going to be getting new merch soon but as of right now we do have some pretty cheap tees and stickers uh i want to make hats soon too so we'll probably end up making some hats pretty soon uh make sure you check out our youtube channel i think i'm actually going to be putting up a new video soon um there's a new demo that i saw that i think is very very cool so Mm. i'm going to be checking that one out uh so please head over to indie pod on youtube and subscribe to our channel of course i'm going to ask you to please leave reviews on all sorts of podcasting services to help us reach a wider audience i guess um Mm. supposedly it does that more people have told me it does that i don't know i don't know who to trust in this world anymore and nobody lastly thank you so much to our patrons uh we've got mix mix mitosis zach durham chase hopkins i i don't know why that's the one i had a problem with i've known him (laughs) for 17 years and i just messed up his name i'm fucking stupid Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw from Australia, Chris Penwell, Josh Nichols, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much for being amazing patrons and being part of this community. You're all amazing. I love you, and one of these days I'll kiss you guys on the mouth. Uh, So Samuel Fillion writes in with an awesome, awesome review, and I have to read it to everybody because it's fantastic. He writes, looking to escape big AAA market? I'm assuming it was the big AAA market. I'm just going to... Yeah, it is the... Don't, don't, I read it wrong. don't critique That's him here. Bad. What are you doing? Just no, read the no, review. I'm saying, I'm saying I read it wrong. It is the oh. big AAA market. Oh, I'm oh. stupid. Right. Sam's smart and well-endowed. Uh, need something to make you laugh during this pandemic? This is the pod for you. Two awesome yet different guys with the same passion. Talk about indie games, butts, and everything in between. I love how butts always comes up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we know what's in between butts, so exactly i mean that's my favorite stuff to talk about Mm -hmm. uh every week (laughs) i'm late to work not always because these guys are very funny to listen to it's like i can't get enough uh, curated content indie dev interviews and more but really give it a go there's there's a growing community around them and they are a friendly bunch five out of five thank you so much sam you're amazing i love you and let's talk about some indie games. So, Josh, you are playing Card Hog by Snout Up. Tell me about this card game that you love so much. I yeah, I mean, card <laughs> games. I just can't get enough of them. This is funny because like I never would have. I've I've seen this game uh, before uh, a while back, and I I just didn't jump the gun. And then you ended up tagging me on Twitter about this and just being like, <laughs> Hey, uh, what about this game? And I was like, 
all right, fine, fuck you, Ron. I'll actually play it. <laughs> yeah, I love how you're like, fuck you, but I'm going to check that out. <laughs> yeah, so I did. I reached out to the developer, and they uh, actually ended up giving me a code, which was super nice, so obviously take that with a grain of salt with uh, you know my, my small review. I played a couple hours of this game, and I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it is still in development, as far as I know. Um, yeah, it's and, in early access on Steam. And so a little bit of back uh, background on this. There was early, um, earlier a mobile game version of this game, but it was more like the alpha or beta of this and has been taken down since. And uh, I believe the developer said that they would put it back up once it's actually like a finalized product from the Steam version. So I think that's kind of interesting. While I was playing it, I thought, hey, this this does kind of feel mobile game-like. Not in like a bad way, but it just it felt like something that, that had very uh, simple underlying mechanics that could be pushed to something where it's just like, oh, I'm on my phone and I want to play a quick game or two. Um, so Cardhog, to actually go into what this is, it's it's a card game, but it's not like I normally say with card games. I, I generally don't stick to card games that are deck builders. Instead, this is more like a dungeon crawler, um, but the way it works is you have like a, a screen of a a three by four grid of cards. And so each of these cards are going to be one of them is your character. And then a number of items, whether it be like a, a health potion, a weapon, an enemy, some type of character to interact with or, or different like places to go into. And so you move your character left, right, up or down towards another card and the cards will kind of shift a little bit kind of like those puzzles the the one where it's i forget the name of it but it's like a puzzle where it's it's you have one piece missing and all of the pieces are jumbled up and you have to kind of move them all around each other to to make oh, it align yeah. so it's it's kind of like that without the frustrating part of it being a puzzle that you have to you know <laughs> meld into it because i i just I'm terrible at those. I, I hate them. Anytime a game uses that as a as a little like, oh, here's a little mini game. I'm always like pissed because I'm like, I my brain does not work this way. Um, <laughs> but this game doesn't do that in that regards. It's just the the reason why I bring that up is because when you move to like the left, whatever card to the right of you will follow you, and then on the right hand side from where the grid ends a new card will replace it basically and will show up. And so that like, you don't know what you're going to get. You could get more health potions, more items, more enemies, and you can kind of like trap yourself. So there is a bit of strategy in this because you have to pick up a weapon to hit an enemy. And if you don't, then you're just going to walk straight into the enemy and you have a certain amount of health and they have health. And what will happen if you don't have a weapon is you'll, you'll kill the enemy, but basically whatever their health amount is will just be subtracted towards you like yours so if you have a weapon instead you'll smack the weapon at the enemy based on that weapon's durability so like there's there's a bit of strategy because you don't want to go a certain way where you'll end up picking up a health potion before you're actually damaged or because if you're holding one weapon and you pick up another weapon it'll just replace it and you'll get rid of that so like you have to be smart about how you're doing it um, and the way it works is it's it's basically just a, an endless dungeon. It's a roguelite in the fact that you're uh, getting different characters and there's different like abilities like that you can start with as well as upgrading. There's there's a form of minor progression where as you perform little achievements like, oh, hey, you beat a couple of characters or got to a certain point uh, in the level, you'll be able to upgrade yourself. So you have like certain small upgrades where, hey, you get to start with a, a starting weapon that has a certain amount of damage or shrines or things do extra bonus effects to you. So it's very small, minute things, but something to get you a little bit farther you know the next time you play right 
Um, I really like that that version, but I actually my, my favorite part about this game is there's there's single player, there's multiplayer, and there's Steam Workshop. So there's you know they're trying to build kind of a community around this. I, I didn't unfortunately get to play the multiplayer, which I, I really want to check out. Um, but with the single player, there's different game modes. So I explained one game mode, but there's actually another one that I thought was was really interesting, where it's called this like flame wheel. And the way it works is instead of it being like a three by four grid, it's like a, I think it was four, no, it's it's still three, but it's like three by eight. So it's, it's three up and down wise, but left to right, there's eight cards and they start you in the middle. And at the left-hand side, the cards are always burning and being destroyed. So you're basically constantly running towards the right-hand side and trying to move. And every turn, the cards will either uh, like do damage to you if you're on that left outer side, or they'll go away and you'll just die. So you have to constantly be smart about running and killing monsters that are in your way towards the right-hand side, not taking damage. Like I don't know. I, I thought it was a lot, uh, a lot more there just because it, it felt uh, like a quicker-paced kind of thing. Um, but that being said, both game modes are really good. This is only like a $3 game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's $3.99 on Steam right now. Yeah, so it's, it's not like a, a crazy ask or anything. I think that it's definitely, uh a good amount of time that you can put into this. Like I said, I only played a couple of hours, but I still really had fun with it. I think it's pretty good. Um, it's not for everyone, uh, I don't think, but it also if it's like, you know, the, the card game of, of like my uh, my trip up is that that part of deck building. Like there's not really that. It's just more, like I said, I, I'd focus more on the, like the dungeon crawling aspect and they're using the cards to, to kind of convey that. Um, but that being said, I would definitely recommend it. So how, uh, of course, since this is game with slimes in it, I have to comment on it. Of how course, do these slimes course. work with like stuff inside of them? Yeah, because I've seen like the the slimes have like health potions and money. If you kill that slime, do you get it? Yeah. Uh huh. Correct. Ah, okay. Just have to like, just have to say like, perfect slimes. Great. Of course. They're yeah, the, the slimes are cute. They're cute. They can eat stuff. Mm-hmm. I love slimes, dude. They're so fucking yeah. good. And you see that slime, really... that slime boss up there. Uh, if you look at like the main, like the the main advocate uh, of this, it's for like some a reason. slime with a crown. It was yeah, the slime crown like king guy. Like he will end up uh, taking over items that are on the map and turning them into slimes and have them like uh, eat them basically, and then they'll walk around the map. So it's uh that's an interesting boss there's there's a number of those different types like as you're exploring through to fight and they all have those you know different kind of perks like there's a bunch of spiders on the map and normally they don't do anything but then if the spider queen is there all those spiders will start attacking so like there are a lot of like it's a very simplistic game but they have a lot of really cool little mechanics and you know little one-off things that that add to the actual game itself I, I really love this art style. I think it looks really, really awesome. It's kind of like cutesy, but also, I, I don't want to say gross, like certain things are a little bit weird looking and creepy, yeah, but yeah. one thing I did want to ask about is what's up with the different pigs? So I, I saw that you were playing a character that looked like, like a ninja pig, yeah. whereas in these screenshots, there are pigs that look like commandos or cowboys or stuff. It, it, does that actually change anything or is it like a skin? So the way that I understood it, um, and granted, I only played a couple hours and I think they're still working on this, but the way that I was experiencing it was there wasn't really any difference, but there's different, uh, different abilities or different styles of play. Like there was this one that I kept using called thick skin. And I don't know if it was that I had to unlock it or it just wasn't in, like it was still in development, but there's a number of different styles and, and, and play 
play styles that you you can pick up but it didn't seem like they were locked to a specific character i might be wrong though because i, I think it would make sense like the way that i thought it would be is that you would just you would have the ninja pig with a different uh you know gameplay style but it, it didn't appear that way i had thick skin with any of the characters i played so i'm not 100 percent sure um but it might be something where like we said this is still in early access and they're still working on that okay that's pretty interesting you are also playing a game called labyrinth of legendary loot by dominaxis games before you start talking about this what are you playing it on are you mm -hmm. is it on itch.io is that what you're playing it through yeah so and the one thing that i do want to say about uh card hog the last thing that I'll, I'll mention is just the the one real gripe that i have with it is the soundtrack uh it's literally the same like looping kind of very uh, just dun, 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 like uh, just annoying you know like horns like it just blaring. doesn't have enough like it's, yeah there's not enough to it and it was one of those things where it was the first game that i've been streaming and i'm like all right i'm gonna have to turn this off and like <laughs> i played different music because i was just like uh after an hour or so of that same song playing i was like okay well let's uh let's do something different here <laughs> Oh, I was so curious about that because when I popped on your stream and you were playing, I was like, damn, this music slaps like I was into it. Was that not the actual music of the game? No, I was playing a bunch of like uh, oh. covers, like jazz covers of other games because I was talking with Chris and even Chris was like, man, this soundtrack's kind of annoying. And I was like, yeah, it's not it's not the best like i and granted it, it's fine because if they're not investing in, in the sound they're investing in more of the mechanics and, and focusing on that like i'd rather have a better game because i don't mind just turning on my own music if that's the, like you know where they're kind of headed with it but that being said it, it was a little bit you know if you keep playing it for so long it's gonna wear on you a bit Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I was like, "Damn, this music slaps," and you're like, "Ah, the music sucked." I was like, "What? What? That <laughs> shit was yeah. good." Okay, I so know. you're playing something else, right? 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 Uh, so uh, yeah. So anyway, so but moving on to Labyrinth of Legendary Loot. So this is a game that uh, I wish I could remember. I think it was from uh, the PC Gamer. Uh, there was an article. I'll have to look it up in a, in a bit um, that mentioned it. And I thought it sounded kind of interesting or, or just looked interesting. This is a free game that you can get on itch.io. And the thing about itch is you can pay as much as you want, really. So if you want to give them some amount of money, you can like you can uh, donate. But it's just a free game. You can go on there. You can download it. Um, it's a pretty cool. Oh, and I'm sorry. So to answer your question, I it's um drm free so it's literally just i installed the executable and i'm playing it just on my computer without a client oh cool yeah so um the way this works is it is also a dungeon crawler um but it's more in the sense of you're actually in a dungeon and crawling around uh the the <laughs> the easiest way to think about this is if you know crypt of the necrodancer the way that this works is it is like Crypt of the Necrodancer, except it doesn't have that rhythm-based part to it. But everything is turn-based. So when you move one step, your enemies will move one step, or they'll take one action. If you do a specific spell and you don't move, you know, your enemies will either move or take their action, whatever it is. So everything is very strategic. Everything is very, like, it's not, you know, uh, anything from a mechanic standpoint. It's more of just, okay, there's a number of, of squares on the map you know, I'm going through this dungeon and as I go into a room, there might be three enemies. And then I have to find out, okay, what's the best way to defeat these enemies without taking up, you know, too much damage or any damage at all. Um, the cool thing is you have up to five specific spells and it's all based on your equipment. 
And so as you're playing the game, it's, you know, very roguelite in the sense of you go down, you're not sure what items you're going to find. As you're going down, you'll get certain ones and each item, each equipment, whether it be the hat, a sword, a, you know, a, a type of shield or, or whatever, those things will give you not only stats as in, you know, more defense or more uh, attack offense, but they also are associated with a specific spell. So you pick up like a an axe and you get a spell where you can swing around you. So all adjacent enemies. So anyone from your left, uh, upper, down, or to the right of you, you'll spin in a circle and you'll hit all of them, which is good if you're getting, you know, clumped up with enemies that are, are surrounding you. Um, so that's just an example. And then you also have things where you can enchant your, your items, uh, and, and power them up as you're going down deeper into the dungeon. You're finding different enemies as you, you go in there, you have mana and, and health. Um, it's, it's a good time. Like I, I only played an hour or two of it, so I, I can't go too deep into it, but like, it's a free game. Uh, so I would recommend a lot of people checking it out if that sounded interesting to them at all. I think there is a good amount of depth in this uh, as far as, you know, a, a free game goes. Uh, it's definitely not something where it's just like, eh, this is whatever. Like, I feel like you can have quite a number of hours of fun with this if roguelite dungeon crawlers are your thing. Um, and some of the abilities were pretty cool. I liked finding different ones. I liked finding the different enemies and understanding, you know, kind of how they worked because each one is different. There are slimes in this as well, Vaughn. So you might like I those. See. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it was really good. I did not expect to, to, you know, uh, this free game to have as much in it. Um, I would say, you know, it's, you don't need a client for it. As long as you have a computer, it's not graphics intensive, like check it out. Why not? Yeah, it looks pretty cool. And something that I've always kind of appreciated about itch.io is the name your own price thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, you could, in theory, like if you wanted to, you could get, you could play a lot of these games for free or like uh, you could just pay for them. You mm -hmm. could be like, ah, I want to pay five, 10, 15, 20, 50 bucks if I wanted to. Like, right. I think that's really, really cool that they do that. Right. And I think it's, I think it's cool because, you know, there's a lot of times where you want to check out a game because you don't know what it's going to be like. And I think it makes sense in this case if you, like there's people who play games like this where, you know, I might play this and maybe I fall in love with this, right? Maybe this game is just, I, I find out, you know, this is my favorite game ever. I want to keep playing it or maybe not favorite game ever, but like I want to keep playing it. I played, you know, 40, 50 hours of this game and I'm like, that was great. I got this for free. Going back, I might be like, you know what? I want to give them $5 or what, however much because, you know, I want to support them now that I know what this game is like. And I think in this regards, you can still do that. Or you could just be like, hey, this game looks cool. I'll throw you a couple bucks, you know, like however you want to be. Or, you know, you could just be like me and just grab it for free and be like, this is cool. People should check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So please take Josh's hint. Uh, check out these games, Card Hog by Snout Up and Labyrinth of Legendary Loot by Dominaxis Games, um, one on Steam, the other on itch.io. For the games that I'm playing this week, uh, not really any. So <laughs> I've, I've I talked about in the past that I've been looking for something to sink like a lot of time into to kind of like pull me out of my funk, and I found it, but sadly, not an indie game, so I can't talk Boom. about it, even though I'm just going to say, been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls Online. It's got to be an MMO. Like that's just that's Gross. just the way I roll. Okay, Gross. I play a shitload of MMOs. Just like you um, hate all these card games and and roguelites that I play, I hate all the MMOs that you play. 
Really? I love MMOs I, so much. MMOs are such a bad excuse for games. They're literally, they, they, they hide so much on the fact that they're so dependent on uh, people being around for them to be fun. Like, that's how yeah. I vision them. Like, all, all MMOs are is a bad excuse for a game that's fun because you have friends. I mean, you're, you're definitely not wrong. Um, the MMOs kind of like live and die based on their communities. Right. If, if there's not a whole lot of people playing certain games, like I, I played Wildstar back in the day, really loved it, but I never got to experience a lot of the content because it down. was like, yeah, it was team based and most people, like nobody was really playing Wildstar at the time because it had a subscription fee mm -hmm. and this was before it went free to play and it got, then they went free to play and ended up dying because they just did it too late. But I, I personally, I think a lot of MMOs have a lot to offer depending on what you do. Like Elder Scrolls Online has a lot of really good solo content. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do any of the dungeons and raids. You can just experience the quests and everything, I just, which I really enjoy. Yeah, I just, I, I, and I guess it's because I'm not as much of like a lore person or like yeah. I also just, I cannot stand MMO combat because it is the same in every MMO. It's that, that style of having like 20 abilities on a bar and walking up and then pressing one, two, three, four five six seven eight nine like every and that's like that's literally what you do you just play a keyboard while you're you're watching your characters kind of stand there and smack enemies in in a weird like delayed time event because of you know it's a massive multiplayer online game i mean you're not going to get away from that they're not going to be smooth and crisp like uh combat as you would in a single player game but like i just do not enjoy it at all <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly think, like, uh, probably, I mean, moving, uh, come, there are some MMOs coming down the pipeline that I think you might enjoy, like, New World looks really cool, and it doesn't have, like, a tab targeting system, um, which is what you're talking about, mm -hmm, similar mm -hmm. to, like, World of Warcraft yep. or, like, Star Wars The Old Republic. Elder Scrolls Online doesn't actually have that either. It has a limited action set of only five abilities with two different action bars, technically, meaning you have ten, switching out of, like, two different weapons, but your skill are only like half of a rotation and you have to worry about moving constantly because the enemies do aoe stuff as well so it's it's kind of interesting i think you i i honestly think you might enjoy it if you had the if like you decided to play it um it is also like pay to play which is kind of interesting so like hmm. um most MMOs do a subscription model that's like 15 bucks a month. Technically, Elder Scrolls Online does that as well, but it's entirely optional. And it's not like how Star Wars The Old Republic's is optional, but really they just like fuck you if yeah. you don't pay for it. Yeah. Elder Scrolls Online is you have an upfront fee of currently I believe the base game is $20 on uh, Steam. And you can play however much you want of that. There's no, like, there, there technically is, like, a level cap and everything, but then you get into champion points and stuff. You just have a limit to the amount of content that you have at that point in time. So it's, like, kind of like playing a single-player game. Yeah. And then They hit you the, with a paywall. No, huh? The subscription fee is entirely optional, and it just gets you, like, a couple of extra things if you want it, like a craft bag hmm. and some additional, like, inventory slots and stuff. The uh, the only thing you would have to pay for additionally is there are microtransactions if you want. They're entirely optional. Hmm. And um, they do, like, large chapter expansions. Those you do have to pay for. Gotcha. Um, okay. Something that is kind of cool, though, is that Elder Scrolls Online, and I'm sorry, this is going to be the last time I talk about it, but Elder Scrolls Online does, if you pay for their subscription service, you get their small 
content additions so they do basically like two different types of content they do like somewhat of like seasonal type content where they will put like new dungeons or they'll put in like uh a new like small quest thread or a new like specific type of like activity that you can do so they like they they put in the ledger domain system which is basically just like thievery mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the ability to do like to participate in a pseudo thieves guild there's that that's actually part of a small edition that you could purchase or if you pay for the uh if you pay for the subscription you actually get all of those as long as you have the subscription only thing that sucks about that is it doesn't include the large-scale expansions. You have to buy those individually. But once you purchase them, you can play as much as you want of them without having to ever pay. I personally, I pay the subscription uh, every time I do because of crafting materials. So the coolest thing about the subscription is that you get a craft bag that has an unlimited amount of slots. Oh, and I just pick good. up every crafting material I come across so that my crafting character can make stuff. Versus otherwise, you have severely limited inventory space. So crafting is like near impossible. I'm not saying it is. Like you could do it, but it would be much more annoying if you didn't have a craft bag. So like <laughs> they definitely incentivize you in different ways to purchase things. But right. I think you definitely get a lot of bang for your buck with Elder Scrolls Online. Right, um, right. Otherwise, the only indie game that I've been playing is actually Night in the Woods, but we're not going to talk about that until we do our spoiler cast for this month, uh, November. So, mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. how far are you in it? Have you I beaten was, it yet? I was going to ask you. I've been slacking like really hard Me on playing too. it. Yeah. Okay. 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 I I planned I'm, I planned this week uh, to to spend some nights and just do it. Dude, fucking same. That's what I'm doing too. Like I played a little bit more. I think I'm almost to part three. Yeah, same. But same. yeah, I'm just like I'm I'm slacking, dude. I'm playing the Elder Scrolls online. I'm doing my homework and stuff. Like I have some homework I need to catch up on. So luckily, like me starting my new job, I'll have some time to do that. But like, yeah, I just it's. I feel really bad since Josh enjoys it so much, and this is the last I'm going to talk about it. Not to spoil anything, but. I just don't want to play this game. It's not hooking you. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but speaking of not hooking people, let's hop into our news stories. Our first news story is over on IGN. It's written by Joseph Noop, and it is Kerbal Space Program 2 delayed again to at least 2022. To, to kind of clear the air on this one, Kerbal Space Program 2 is actually kind of in a weird place between indie and not because I believe it is being published by Take-Two and I think the developer may have been purchased by Take-Two but I'm not 100% certain on that right. but in all honesty I often use Steam's like the developer's description of what their game is as like a merit to whether or not it's an indie game and if they <laughs> say their game is an indie game I'll be like okay I believe you like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna fuck around so I like this may or may not be an indie game, but we're going to talk about it anyway, since uh, at the very least Kerbal Space Program was. So the follow up may or may not be depending on your definition. But anyway, we're going to talk about it. So Sounds Kerbal good. Space Program 2 has been delayed again. Take-Two Interactive announced that its fiscal or its second fiscal quarter report, uh, Kerbal Space Program 2, is now scheduled for the financial year of 2023, which is as early as April 2022 or at late uh, or as late as March 2023. 
Notably, Kerbal Space Program 2 creative director Nate Simpson took the took to the game's official forums to inform the community, saying the game would now arrive in 2022. I know this is frustrating, especially considering that this isn't the first time we've adjusted our schedule, Simpson wrote. We knew we were taking on an immense technical and creative challenge when we started this project. We've heard time time and again from this community that quality is paramount and we feel the same way. It's not enough to deliver a bunch of new features. Those features have to be woven together into a stable, polished whole. We're creating a reliable foundation on which players and modders alike can build for another decade or more. That involves solving problems that have been, have never been solved before and that takes time. Uh, of course, we've actually talked about Kerbal Space Program 2 in the past. I yep. believe it was just like a quick news story of it getting delayed, yeah. but it's been delayed multiple times. Okay, here's actually the... So Take 2 um, Interactive acquired Kerbal Space Program in 2017, followed by the sequel being announced at Gamescom 2019. So technically, I mean, some people's definitions, it's not indie. Who gives a shit? We're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> so how do you feel about this delay to possibly, like, this is a far delay to, uh, yeah. to 2022, 2023. How do you feel about it? I mean, so it's kind of tough, right? Because we've been talking about delays and we've been talking about crunch. We've been talking about different things, uh, especially with the nature of what's happening with cyberpunk. And so I think at the one hand, if it needs to be delayed, it should. Right, I don't want people killing themselves over it. But at yep. the same time, there's the other part about like, why is this getting pushed back so much? Like how, and I get it, like you're trying to do something ambitious, right? But there needs to be at some point where you say, is this too ambitious and we need to take a step back and change things? And if, you know, I, I guess it's it's really about, you know, the community and what they expect because if they're, their community the people who are crazy about Kerbal Space Program, if they're fine with that, then, you know, okay, good. But it's hard to know that, one. And two, uh, there's probably a lot of people who are who see this, if they're really excited about it, who are getting burned by it and will take the whole approach of No Man's Sky. Yes, a lot of people, uh, and it's a little bit different, but like a lot of people, you know, they, they see No Man's Sky and they get burned by it and they don't come back to it, right? It's like that in the regards where they keep getting excited about it, keep getting excited about it, but it's like the boy who cried wolf and it's like, this game is never coming out. I don't want to play it anymore. Like, I just, I don't have any interest, right? <laughs> there's there's probably people out there who, who think that. Um, but It's Starfield syndrome. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I mean... I think at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the company. And you, if you need to push things back out, you have to be realistic. Like, I'm kind of glad they took such a far approach of, like, of being like, this is going to be a while. Like, you know, it's, it's better to do it this way rather than the cyberpunk approach of like every month or so being like, mm, let's push it back. Let's push it back. Let's push it back. Like, just, just tell us you need a lot of time. Like, because expectations are important, especially in this uh, industry because people are very demanding in this industry from a consumer perspective. Um, Do you think it would have been a better idea though, to just say delayed, delayed indefinitely, indefinitely instead of giving us like a two year or more release delay? Mm, I don't know. Cause you could argue that that brings implications that something is completely wrong. Right. And yeah, and indefinite, you're definitely right. An indefinite delay is like the equivalent of, you know, Metroid four, right? We've, we've chucked out the whole thing and we have to start from ground zero. Uh, like everything is gone. Uh, at that point, a lot of people worry. A lot of people get nervous. A lot of like, and 
it's probably not the same because for indie game you know devs they don't really have as like stakeholders or investors in in that regards in the same way that that other people do or like a, a higher um like triple a studio would have but i i think that a lot of people would panic or would get the wrong idea if they said something like that yeah i could definitely see that because like dying light 2 is delayed indefinitely and now you're just like oh, is that game just fucking broken is it dead like what's up yeah is this is going the way of the dodo like what's happening right now so i i totally get it i personally like i, I don't think either of us are actually no. fans of kerbal space no Ribbon, i have right? no i have no interest in playing it like to me this doesn't make okay. sense or it doesn't not make sense but doesn't like I could care less that this is delayed. If people really like it, like I'm, I'm sorry because I know there's probably people who want to play it, and like I, I feel for you because there's games you know that I want that aren't coming and whatnot. But like, I personally will never play this. I didn't play the first one. I didn't really have any interest. I don't have interest in the second one. But I do think it is, it's very unique that it's getting pushed back so far, right? Yeah, several years. I I personally like. I mean, the the game was announced in 2019, and then possibly coming in 2020, like just a year. And then they say like, "Hey, we're gonna need a couple more years." I totally get it. Like in context, mm -hmm. it totally makes mm -hmm. sense because most games are made within three to four years. That's just a standard dev cycle. So it checks out. Um, I mean, I guess I also don't know how they were how long they were in development before their 2020 or 2019. Right. Announced yeah i'm not sure but yeah i i think this is i mean i hope it's good um seemingly they are just devoted to making this game the best it can be and i think that's great i do somewhat agree with you that like it this is actually better than just consistently delaying it like a couple times over and over again because that just gets old mm -hmm. you're like okay just stop also by <laughs> the way i said starfield earlier i meant star citizen syndrome because that game's never fucking coming out so just to get that on there, technically, yes, some people can play it if you're one of the people who gave it, like, a fucking billion dollars on their Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, you're fucked. Game's <laughs> never coming out. Uh, so, our next news story is over on Nintendo Life, and it is written by Ryan Craddock. It is, Image Inform reminds us that it's making more SteamWorld games. We've talked about this in the past, and I gotta be honest, there wasn't a lot of fantastic news stories this week, okay, that we could really <laughs> dig into. So I chose the ones I thought we could talk about. All right. Just all right. to, like, get that out there. Uh, so... Uh, this is honestly kind of a non-story because they've said this before. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's just get into the actual tweet. Uh, they basically said, like, Image Inform on Twitter replied to, uh, uh Bruh Nugget, <laughs> saying, <laughs> uh, the Bruh Nugget said, will, or would there ever be another SteamWorld dig game? And Image Inform said, we're making new SteamWorld games and we're not ruling out sequels. We would love to revisit earlier games in the series. So essentially saying like, yes, it's possible that we will get a SteamWorld Dig 3, even though like, I mean, d d d another SteamWorld Dig game. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm, like there's mm -hmm. been two now and they were both popular. You're more than likely going to get a third. But I would, I personally would love a heist sequel. I think that would be great. Do you think their, their return to SteamWorld means that they would make a sequel? Or do you think that they, like, immediately coming back after, uh, what is it? The Blob, the Gunk. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, the Blob. Their immediate return from that, do you think that they're going to make a sequel or they're going to try to make another branch off like Quest? Um, 
I would think that after going to a new IP, they would then take a step back and go to something that's more familiar and, and stick with, you know, the SteamWorld games. Th- that being said, I don't know how they have their, their studio. Like, they might have just, you know, branched off and had, like, hey, you people are still working on SteamWorld. Like, do whatever. Um, which I would assume is the way they did this. But, like, I don't know if there's multiple teams working on different projects from a SteamWorld perspective is what I'm saying. Yeah. I would assume that they would go back to either SteamWorld Dick 3 or SteamWorld Heist 2. I think that they would start with those and then work their way to something potentially new. I personally would expect Heist 2 since I, I, so. I feel like SteamWorld Dig 2 did not come out too long ago. Right. Like it yeah. was, I think it was released in like 2017, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been a couple of years. I would assume getting like a Heist sequel would probably be pro- like up there. And then after that, maybe seeing a sequel to Quest. Yeah. Uh, do you think that uh, Image and Form will ever make another fucking, uh, what was it? Uh, tower yeah. defense game. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's actually a good point. I don't know. Maybe. They, they might. Um... I wouldn't care for it, but yeah, that's that's definitely a possibility. <laughs> They're like, we aren't ruling out the possibilities of sequels. The game they come back with is Steamworld Tower Defense 2, and you're like, what? You're like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, granted, there's a lot of people who like those type of games, so like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to shit all all over your tower defense games, but that is not my genre of choice, that's for sure. I well, I have a legitimate question because the only tower defense games that I have literally ever played, and I mean. I enjoyed them, to be clear. Like, Balloon Tower Defense is great, but I've only ever play, played them as Flash games, like free software mm-hmm, mm-hmm. online. I've never paid for one, and I will never pay for one. <laughs> so I'm wondering if people enjoy Tower Defense games, if they would actually pay for it. I think, I think they would. I think there's people who pay for it. And, you know, they would do something, uh, I think, unique with it or something different. Um, there's a lot of cool Tower Defense games out there. There's one specifically, I think it's called Sanctuary where it's a uh, it's first person mode where you like you can go in between the the top overview of watching kind of the the tower defense part but then you also go into uh, a first person view where you're like a unit and you get to run around and, and shoot the enemies that are coming forward and try to like also plan and set you know things down and go back and forth between those different uh, viewpoints um, so that like there's different things and I I can always imagine that you know the the people at image and form have obviously gotten a lot of experience from so many different genres and so many different styles that they'd find a way to make it unique or fresh uh so i i think they could do it i don't want them to because it's not what i would want to play but that being said if they did create it i'd still try it out because i'm sure they'd find a way to make it good i think the game you might be talking about is called sanctum sanctum maybe Um, that's it Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, this one is like a first-person tower defense game. It looks like very... The art style is kind of weird. It's it's very like sci-fi-esque, yes, it is but it is it like first-person and they're all kind of blobs. Okay, yes, cool. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I would ever personally ever pay for a tower defense game, but I'm not like mocking anybody who would. I think they're honestly pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. kudos to you. Um, I'm very interested to see what Image Inform does after the gunk, but like we said, they've said multiple times that they will make more SteamWorld games. So... I'm not surprised about that. And hopefully this is the last time we talk about it. That sounds fucked up, but hopefully the next time we talk, to, we talk about this is them announcing another SteamWorld game. 
I know. I don't want to talk about the possibility of it again, even if it's a slow week. I know. I feel like we've we've definitely had the same conversation about like what I know we've had this conversation about what genre do you think they'll do or what type will they go here or there? Like we've definitely rattled off ideas before. Um, I, the thing is, I I think we're going to be waiting a long time before that happens though, you know, before we actually get news of this. And I think that's kind of why it's a slow news is because people want to, to drum up that hype for this series just because there's so many fans of the steam world franchise. But I mean, taking on a whole new giant project that is a more 3D and expansive, uh, you know, game that that takes a lot more resources is probably going to set us back from seeing a SteamWorld game for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. And to your point, though, we also don't know if they like branched off and have like multiple teams working because that is I mean, that often happens in game development. And I, and I don't think that it, it's not happening. But what I think is you splitting your resources kind of like you know pushing some people off of the project to say like oh you're working on the gunk and you are working on steam world heist 2 or whatever it is they're working on you're still taking away from people like i i highly doubt what they did when they got the gunk was they hired a whole new brand team of all these people like i'm sure some got moved over and so like you're kind of working on possibly less amount for for the new steam world game i don't know i might be wrong i don't know the insides of their their business but i'm assuming they probably didn't just staff a whole nother team for this yeah yeah more than likely not so we've pretty much talked this new story into the ground so it's time for us to hop in news cram cram News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. This week we have one quick news story for you before we hop into a whole bunch of new stuff. Our first and only quick news story for today comes by way of IGN where it's reported that Inner Sloth, developers of the social deception game Among Us, have just outlined a new roadmap for the game's future content which includes changes to the account system a new free map uh that's i wrote that in a weird way but it is like a new map that will be free to players uh transitions into multiple or translations fuck dude i'm having so many issues reading it wouldn't be an episode of (laughs) of indiepod without me being dyslexic translations into multiple languages and much more also i just have to say People acting like fucking Among Us invented the social deception game. I feel a little bad about dogging on this, but these kind of games have existed before. They're literally like Werewolf Among Us came out years ago. (laughs) Um, So fucking there's another game called I believe it's like it it is like just Werewolf. It's like a Korean game or a Chinese game that's really, really popular right now. And I saw some news sites calling it an Among Us clone. I'm like, this existed before. <laughs> I mean, that's how popularity works, right? Once It's just fucking annoying. Yeah. Well, I swear, the only reason that this happens, and it like they basically perpetuate this narrative of clones, and it continues to be an issue, like a problem. People won't play games because they're like, oh, it's just an Among Us clone. They do this just so that they can say Among Us in the title, and people mm-hmm, will click on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fucking annoying. I hate it. Gotta get them clicks, Sorry baby. To... Yeah, I feel like I just had to talk shit on everything. I guess God. so. It, it's your That's brand, you know? Shit. 
That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, so on to some new stuff. Our first seven items and new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that action-adventure RPG Bug Fables, the everlasting sapling by Moonsprout Games, has just received a new update that includes changes like a hard mode, reward for the final boss, the ability to speed up cooking animations, three new post-game side quests, and much more. That action-adventure game Raji, an ancient epic by Nodding Head Games, has just received a new update that includes changes to the UI scaling, new checkpoint locations, a plethora of bug fixes, and much more. That 3D fighting game Cake Bash by High T Frog is officially heading to the Nintendo Switch on November 19th. That Bloodless is now a playable character in Art Plays Metroidvania Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. The Beat-Em-Up Mayhem Brawler by Hero Concept is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC sometime next year. The 2D platformer Yestermorrow by Bitmap Galaxy is now available on the Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam. And lastly, that Old School FPS Dusk by David Zeminski has had its Switch port delayed to December 10th, 2020, yet this release date is subject to change due to its proximity to cyberpunk 2077's new release date now on to polygon uh, where it's reported that fall guys by mediatonic is getting a new level sometime this week titled fan big yeet little uh, which will see <laughs> players navigate an array of oversized fans all the while dodging spinning hammers now over on twinfinite where it's reported that puzzle platformer fogs <laughs> by Bitloom Games is heading to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, and Google Stadia on December 3rd. That roguelite strategy game, Star Renegades by Massive Damage Inc., is heading to the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Game Pass. I'm assuming this is consoles since it's already on PC uh, on November 19th with the PlayStation 4 version releasing on November 25th. And lastly, that in celebration of Godzilla Day, Mediatonic has released a Godzilla costume in Fall Guys that will cost 10 crowns. And to round out the group over on GameSpot, it's reported that Spelunky 2 by developer Mossmouth has just received another update that, among other things, changes the Olmec boss fight in many different ways, such as they only throw bombs during the second phase if you're below them, Olmec's floaters have been reduced to 1 HP and layer doors have been added to the right side of their level. I don't know what any of that means, but hopefully if you've played uh, uh, Spelunky 2, you understand that. <laughs> to anybody who's played it. Maybe when I actually get into it, I'll let you know. Yeah, I, I, as far that's just fucking gibberish. I just read the article. <laughs> uh, that Risk of Rain 2 by developer Hapu Games has just recently... Blah, just released a new update for PC versions of the game which includes changes such as a new stage titled Sundered Grove as well as a myriad of bug fixes yet no release date was given for the same update on consoles mm -hmm. and lastly that action adventure game Windbound by Five Lies Studios has just received a new 
update that includes new stat boosting skins, a photo mode, and a new endless mode for the survival game. This news or this news also comes with the announcement of several more updates that are set to roll out over the next few months. So Big Josh Boy, we've been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories that I think it's about time we get back to the creators in our next segment. God bless the crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh Boys hops into all sorts of crowdfunding sites, find something awesome for us to talk about, and we do just so. This week we are once again over on Kickstarter checking out a game called Chrono Sword. Chrono Sword is a Souls-like action adventure game with time travel it is incredibly it has incredible pixel art and uh incredible pixel art contextual combat and an epic story the developers are looking for fifty thousand dollars with 529 backers and 31 days left to go as of the time of this recording the to get in on the ground floor of the game you have to pay $15 to actually get the game and instead of doing an early bird price the $15 is actually just a discounted price for kickstarter backers in general mm-hmm. and meaning that the game is more than likely going to be 20 or more dollars when it actually releases right. which i think is pretty cool so big josh boy tell me your thoughts on chronosword so chronosword looks interesting uh, I love the art style to it. I think it, you know, the pixel art is, uh, I mean, it's interesting that they say incredible because it just seems uh, a little bit on the nose that they're marking it as that as such. Uh, but they feel like their own pixel art is, is just incredible. Uh, but that being said, it does look very nice. I think that the world is very dark and gloomy, which is the setting that they're going for, which is, is interesting. You kind of want to know what's going on in this world. It is very souls like, um, which means I probably won't have any interest in it, but that being said, uh, 2d kind of challenging games are more my thing. Um, although this really isn't like normal 2d cause it's like top down, but you know what I mean? 2d in the sec. Yeah. It's, like, it's isometric, right. which gives the illusion of 3d. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's technically 2d. I yeah. Um, I, I do like the idea of having this, this contextual combat, meaning there's only like, I think they describe it as three main buttons. Let me see if I could try to find it. Like there's only three main mechanics, but based on where you're at where they are right yeah you can basically like force them into like uh different environmental things and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i do i do like the fact that like i I really enjoy games where they take simple complex or simple mechanics and make it more complex based on your surroundings or based on just you know finding ways to make simple things become challenging because it's 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 usually hard design uh but if executed well is a lot of fun and i looking at this game it does look like something that i would enjoy playing um that being said i don't know too much about it it was kind of like this is very early in you know its stages right now uh in uh, they're not giving too much away they they don't show off too much gameplay it also being that it's only three main uh you know mechanics you don't see much different than a block a da a block block slash and a dodge um, but that being said, I, I like the idea of them having this, con- uh, the, the choices that you make, at least that's what it seems. Cause this is from South Korea and you can tell there's a little bit of translation issues with this. Um, because it's just, yeah. some of the words are a little bit, uh, confusing, but it seems like based on choices in dialogue and, and the, the actions that you take in the game, they'll 
actually change the story or, or blend it a little bit differently. There's other characters that we haven't seen yet that they're kind of hiding in this. So I'm, I'm interested to see more about this world. I just don't know enough of it yet. And I think that the combat is interesting, but these Souls-like types, like this genre generally isn't for me. So I want to know more about the story. This is one that I'm looking at and I'm saying... I'm not going to back this, but I think there's people out there who who probably will be into this type of style. Uh, I want to know more about that story. I want to know more about like what kind of uh, changes you have or impact you have on the story and where it goes before I decide like is this for me. Yeah, I uh, I'm probably going to back this. So just for reference, they do say in the Kickstarter the estimated release date is November 2021, and the price will be 24.99. So that's they're they're giving you a ten dollar discount if you back it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I will more than likely back this, mostly just because I've actually been following the development of this game for I believe like two to three years on Twitter, mm -hmm. and I really really loved it i think it's like two years maybe one and a half to two years right. more like um gotcha. i've i've been keeping my eye on this i've thought it looked amazing for a long time it reminds me of uh e-tier the the like other shield maiden game mm -hmm. that's supposed to be like souls like and it was in bounty battle but i don't know why because the game hasn't come out and there's no release date in sight which really sucks because it looks cool <laughs> but i'm um, i I really love Shield Maidens, and I think it's awesome. I I love that there's this limited action set kind of a thing where you only have the three buttons, so you can block, you can dash, and you can hit, but you can hit with light or heavy attacks, so it's meant to be much more reminiscent of Dark Souls, but there is also, like, other weapons that you can get, so you can get, like, bows, crossbows, um, you can get, I believe it said, like, axes and other stuff. The only weird thing about that is the, like, they say that it's, they're limited, kind of a thing like they say it in a really weird way where they say um like complete think your durability. combat style yeah i i think it might be durability because they say complete your combat style with new weapons search for swords axes hammers spears and shields you can also use ranged weapons bows crossbows and wands but better use them strategically they are not unlimited so i don't mm. know what that means like i would assume it's durability like yeah, you said yeah probably that's a shame that's yeah, the, I mean, that's not the only thing that I find kind of weird about this that I would like a lot more clarification on. Like, the, the one thing that I want the most clarification on is the time travel. Because they keep saying time travel like these people are time travelers. But I'm not understanding if that means they are literally time traveling or if the game just takes place during multiple points in time uh, yeah. i feel like that would make more sense than them being time travelers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but the way they describe certain things is very odd so like uh you will be anor and will travel to the past and the present of the fallen world your journey will be with charming colleagues and your choices will make or change the story there's also some other stuff they talk about when they talk about the characters specifically like uh anor is represent or is repeating a time travel mission from the present so it seems like they are literally time traveling huh but it's very odd yeah um I don't know. This this is one of those things where, one, it's kind of just lost in translation, and two, I think it's just early in its development, so some things probably aren't really as fleshed out as they will be in, you know, a year from now. Um, we'll have to wait and see. It, it does 
concerned me the um the translation uh for this of just is it going to have the same kind of issues when it actually releases here um the game wise but then again maybe there's not as as many opportunities but i would assume you'd have a good amount of text parts in this because there is like the story element to it but i don't know maybe it's more of a silent story who knows right yeah i'm i i also i I hope they get their goal of course because i've been following this game for a while and i think it looks great i definitely think i might back it but also i i really hope that they end up investing in like a like a professional translator Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um just to make sure that none of that stuff kind of happens we're really not trying to mock the no like, not the at all obvious like language barrier yeah. here just to make it clear to everybody it is just like it it's a little bit odd to read it um and to like kind of try to get that in context yeah. so i think this game looks cool the time travel stuff is actually kind of weird to me even though i really love time travel um we have yet to see that represented in any of the material that they have here but like you said they're kind of keeping a lot of this stuff close to the chest Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when it comes to this game like there's not a whole lot of different like media that we can see for it so i think this game looks cool if anybody else thinks it looks cool head over to kickstarter check out chrono sword uh, i personally am more than likely going to back it especially if it's going to go up to 25 bucks when it releases right. um and you also get like they have a five dollar tier which basically just gives you updates which we all know how much i hate that <laughs> uh we have the pledge 15 dollars or more which gets you the game itself uh instructions on pdf i don't know what that means I'm assuming mm. like a way to claim the instructions, but or or I guess Maybe it might like, be like an instruction booklet. Yeah, like you would get in older games when you would bought the box okay. and you get the like the little instruction booklet of like here's the different buttons you can press. I don't know. Maybe they have something like that. Uh, yeah, I would assume it's probably that. Um, wallpapers and digital stuff. Otherwise, you can get, like, for 25 bucks, you can get beta access, a digital original soundtrack, digital art book, your name in the credits, everything included in the Wanderer tier, which is, of course, the one just above that. So, like, there are some good stuff. You can get, like, a t-shirt uh, for spending. I believe it's, like, 50 or or 100 bucks. Um, I mean, if you want a statue that looks actually kind of dope, you could spend $1,500, which is crazy. Uh, the t-shirt is 60 bucks. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Um, you gonna get that so, sixty buck T shirt? Nah, dude. Nah. <laughs> I just I just took a lower paying job so that I'd have more time for school. There's no way that I can justify spending sixty more bucks. time for T shirts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, any last things you want to say about Chronosword before we move on to our listener questions? No, I think I think we covered everything. Let's go to questions. All right. So, Chris Penwell from That Their Active Quest writes in and says, "What's your favorite ska song?" Josh, what's your favorite ska song? Do you, before I answer that, do you like ska at all? I don't, I'm not saying that I dislike it. It's just you like, have no I, preference on it. You're like, whatever. Yeah. I've listened to some ska, but I'm going to be 100% honest. I did not know that that was a genre of music. <laughs> I've heard people say ska before and I've never understood what it meant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I listen to a lot of what's known as third wave ska, which is basically ska. Oh my God. Of... That's even worse. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I this mean, this is like listening to the kingdom hearts names. It's fucking ridiculous. Third wave ska is literally just defined based on it being more like punk rock, punk rock, punk rock. Uh, it's like Bob Ross, but punk. Um, it's basically just punk rock and it came at a certain time. I think it was in the 1960s, 1980s. 
1980s, I think. Uh, anyway, so anything after that was generally defined as third wave. Um, it has a lot of amazing bands. I was so big into ska when I was in high school, like in the last couple of years of high school, the first year or so in college. Um, really loved it. It's really hard to pick one favorite ska song because there's just so much out there. Um, but I'll rattle off one of my favorite songs from a number of different bands that are really good. Uh, because he asked, so now you have to suffer and listen if you hate ska, so fuck all y'all. Uh, Less Than Jake, The Science of Selling Yourself Short is a great song. Goldfinger, Superman, most people know it because it's in the Tony Hawk game. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, The Impression That I Get, most people know it because it was in that one Will Ferrell movie, uh, Will Ferrell movie, uh, Step Brothers. Uh, Beer from Real Big Fish, because Real Big Fish is great, uh, they're one of my favorite bands, and Beer is great as well. Streetlight Manifesto, Point slash counterpoint uh the aquabats pool party big d and the keep uh big d and the kids table the song lax okay and that's a bunch so now you have your homework go listen to all of them <laughs> i love how you said uh this movie from that one or this song from that one will ferrell movie i mean step brothers <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was it's just such a weird way to describe that that's the name i mean i i the name escaped me and then i got it i was like will ferrell movie uh step brothers <laughs> okay i got it uh chris also asked what also what gaming world would you live in if given the choice would you live in any josh um i mean i think animal crossing would be a cool one right because you just you, you're literally just doing what you're doing now but the world would just seem nicer and you'd have all these animal critters i mean maybe it would be scarier in real life when you like jump into that but if you were just in that world it seems relaxing especially the newest one where you're just on that like island where you get to build out your house and like people, people talk about Nook and how he's you know terrible and whatnot. But like, getting bells is real easy, and it's not like he's asking asking for anything else. And he's just like he's like whenever you want. Like it would be like if we had the same things here, like you know rent for our house or like I have to pay my mortgage. But then my mortgage company was just like, here's how much you have to pay, you know, whenever you feel like it. So I think that's kind of yeah, nice. Yeah, but he like extorts you. He's like, you get a house, but now I'm going to charge you for it. It's so weird. Like Tom Nook is such a scumbag. I mean, that's literally how it works. I bought a house and they're making me pay a bunch of money. It's the same thing. I mean, yeah, that's they a good gave point. Me like, a it's house an obvious commentary money. on how life actually exists. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's, he's not a bad guy. He's doing exactly what everything, like uh, he's a business owner. That's That's what it is. He's not a bad guy. He's just got a business to run. Yeah. He's the, it's not personal. It's just business guy. It's just guy. business. Um, and then I guess if I, like, if I wasn't going to live in it, but I'd like to see it, I guess, I would want to also, because I think it would be really cool. I'd actually be way too nervous to do it in real life, though, I think, because I'm uh, one, claustrophobic, and also just the idea of drowning. It fucking it frightens me. But I'd love to see the world of Bioshock before shit gets real. <laughs> Oh, Rapture? Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, like to see it before everyone, th everything blows up, but like at the time of it prospering and at the time of them first making those kind of like the plasmids, I think would be so legit. Um, but then, you know, when... Would you go to Columbia? Isn't that the one from Bioshock Yeah, Infinite? yeah, yeah. That's the one up in the sky. I think I'd be... Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Would you rather drown or fall to your death is really the question you have to ask yourself. 
I mean, I'm a, I'm scared of the ocean, so I would rather fall to my death, honestly. Yeah, I feel like, like at least then I get to like sit there for like ten minutes as I fall and come to terms with it, and then I get splatted like. Yeah, a I think because it would be instant, right? You know, you'd splat and you'd fucking die. Like I feel like drowning would just be so awful because you just like you have to feel that feeling for so long. Ugh, God, this. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd go to Colombia instead because of that. But I'd love to see the the, the idea of, of rapture <laughs> and be a part. Like yeah. I've I've talked about this with uh with Josh Nichols when we we did a um a a podcast Bioshock Two yeah, spoiler cast a spoiler cast on Bioshock Two, which I don't know where that is. So eventually that'll come out. Um, <laughs> but I I talked about the fact that I'd love to have some kind of intro into that world. Like I'd love to be able to play that, even if that like generally I, I don't care for you know. Uh, those kind of walking simulator games, but like I, I'm so invested in that world that like I'd love to play something that is is that experience of what happened beforehand because it's just like such an interesting uh, concept, right? Of of it's it's kind of like the same with with Fallout of like being in a shelter during you know the time of the fallout it's it's the same reason why i love fallout games of just going to all those different those vaults and and being like oh what is the the weird experiment they did here what was life like inside this vault and getting to see that that little strange window into the world um so yeah i think i would pick that yeah you're lucky you'd end up in rapture like literally right as everything starts to go down and people are getting fucking hooked on plasmids and shit you're like son of a bitch (laughs) like Like, this is not what i signed up for (laughs) Yeah, right as everything's getting overtaken, you're like, ah, damn it. I I don't know. I've never actually played any of the Bioshock games. Really? Oh, man. That's not technically true. I've played a tiny bit of one and a tiny bit of infinite. Do you know? I have not played anything of... What? Do you know the spoiler from one? Like the the big like yeah. oh well then there's no I point. Do. Oh yeah. man. The would you kindly? Yeah, yeah I do. Oh, um well I still want to experience the game because I've heard that the story is honestly amazing Story's even great. without the twist. Nah, but the- which I think it's crazy that fucking Tom Marks didn't get that spoiled for him over like 10 years. Yeah. That shit's outrageous. I like I got that spoiled in like 2 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a shame too cuz that moment is so impactful, man. Like I cannot like I think that is the most impactful moment i've ever had in a video game of like feeling so betrayed uh of just like i was i was just so upset and angry at the end of it and i was like what the fuck how did you trick me (laughs) yeah i i personally i've watched like spoiler casts and stuff on uh the world of rapture because i mean i was spoiled like a long time ago so i was like fuck it right this shit seems interesting so i'll just like listen to Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and it sounds amazing i really do want to check them out and since they released the remastered collection i've wanted to for a while i just haven't picked it up yeah so eventually i'll play the games i think they're really cool for me to answer the game what world would i live in i mean honestly i feel like it would have to be nern i am a big fan of the elder scrolls series so living in the world of elder scrolls like tamriel would be very very cool um i find the daedra gods like really interesting i love the different races i mean it would really suck if i ended up like get like being east kite into that world and was like an argonian because however much i like argonians i don't want to be a lizard man like i would be almost anything else actually sure? i don't want to be a high elf either because they fucking suck damn i don't like yeah a lot of strong like opinions either. on this episode yeah i mean if you like them that's cool <laughs> i don't like high elves like i'll play an argonian in an elder scrolls game because they can breathe underwater and that shit is awesome oh, see, then i could go to rapture 
Yeah, you could you could be an Argonian and just swim down the Rapture. Yeah. I I don't know if the pressure would get to you though, because I'm fairly certain that it's deep as shit. <laughs> that is the technical term. Yeah, and then you'd get like the bends trying to swim up, and you just like once again blow up like a balloon. Yeah. So all right, well, full circle. It's a lot of fucked up shit that can happen. Uh, so yeah, I would live in Nern. I think that would be amazing. If I had to choose another one, like thinking that I'd want to live in the world of Fallout, I'm like, ha, no, I wouldn't. That place would fucking suck. I mean, yeah. They eat roaches, <laughs> like gigantic <laughs> roaches. Their lives eat shit. So, no, I would rather live in the Elder Scrolls where, like, I have to worry about a dragon eating my ass. Like, easy. Philip Renshaw writes in and said, where do babies come from? Josh, where do they come from? Mm, the stork. Really? You're going to shoot for that one? The shoot. stork, like, hops by, got the yeah. baby, he, like, drops it, yeah. the hole opens yeah. up in the mom's head, the baby just goes in, and then she poops it out. Yeah, pretty much. She poops it out. I mean, that was also going to be my second answer is women's butts. Okay, no joke though. When you were a kid, did you think that? Uh, mm, I don't think I ever thought about it really, or maybe I did. I, I just don't rem recall thinking that. Um, I don't know. I feel like that would be weird to to think. But then, I mean, I guess kids. Could. I don't know, dude. I totally thought. Yeah, that. you thought when they just I was a kid, I was out? like, you poop them out. Yeah, you poop them out. I was like, that's why they're all gross. You poop them out. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, the mom eats baby food, and then out comes a baby. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I mean, I. I will admit that I had shit like my, I guess in a sense my childhood ruined like my innocence taken early on in my childhood so I knew about all this shit much earlier than like I probably should have mm -hmm. uh, it's probably why I'm so fucked up honestly mm, but it all makes sense yeah so I, I really don't know. Yeah, where do babies come from? I mean, when a mommy and daddy really like each other. Like, that's that's the kind of deal. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the stork is pretty close, though. Yeah, yeah. A, a close second to, uh, you know, them banging. I mean, alternative theory. All the gum you eat in your life eventually molds into a human, and then you poop it out, and that's a baby. Mm. So what happens with men when they chew gum? I mean, do they also have we, butt babies? Maybe that's why we get kidney stones. Oh, because our body doesn't know how to process. I mean, women this. also get kidney stones, but like, yeah, our body just doesn't know how to process the gum properly, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. like, that's why our turds are so big. I think we're on to something here. Babies. I think we're on to yeah. something. I mean, fuck you, science. We just figured it out. You're trying to cover up how babies are actually made. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty big quote from America uh, as of late. <laughs> Uh, so, Philip Redshaw also writes it and says, To Vaughn, do you think being a ginger has been a significant disability to your life? Not necessarily, actually. I mean, like, I feel like there's probably an opportunity or two I lost because I'm a ginger. <laughs> but... And, like, I often got the soulless jokes. But once you start just rolling with the soulless jokes, it's actually kind of funny. Mm. So I don't really mind that. And also, there is such a thing as pumpkin pounders out there. Like, I am a sexual preference just because I was born with orange hair. So, I mean, I feel like it's actually helped me more than it's hindered me, I've, if anything. I've never heard that term before. And I do not like it. A pumpkin pounder? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people who specifically like gingers. Yeah, I I don't know why. Just anytime, every time you say it, it's just like, ugh. 
<laughs> it is a weird yeah, word. I, I, I love it. how there's always something in like our podcast that I say that gets somebody. Like we, I fucking said schmegma on Active Quest, and they all acted like their ears just bled. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good term. So there you go. Uh, no, it is not a significant disability. It has helped me in my life. Often I'm asked if the carpet matches the drapes, and I'm like, want to see? That's not real. I don't do that. But like, cause that would be fucked up. Mm. But yeah. But do they do? No, it does. Oh um, hell yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, so he says to Josh, if you could get the Patreon to one thousand members, could you change your? <laughs> would you change your name to the biggest of average Josh boys? Uh, on Twitter again? Sure. Legally? No fucking way. That's fucked up. We're never gonna get to a thousand if you don't legally we're, change. Your I don't name. think we're gonna get to you a thousand. Put something on the line. I don't bro. think we're gonna get to a thousand, regardless. <laughs> but you never know. Mm, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll people see. could get really invested in this. Yeah. Uh, no, a hundred percent. No, I have no interest in that name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he says, as a bonus question, what the heck does that name even mean? Uh, uh, so yeah, go for it. This is something I got to break down for people because apparently people don't understand it. Uh, and I guess I asked Joseph why he doesn't say it, why he refuses to say it. It's because you hate it. That's why he refuses to say it. He's like, Josh says he hates it. <laughs> and that's why. And I was like, it's so funny. Like, why would not you say it's so funny? He's like, because Josh says he hates it. I'm like, oh, yeah, he fucking hates it so much. <laughs> it's uh, it's very true. It's not one of my favorites. <laughs> But to pick to to pick apart the biggest of average Josh boys, okay. So Josh, is uh, how tall are you? I'm five. It's like five four, right? Five three. I'm a short boy. Oh my god, you're even shorter than I thought. Mm-hmm. So it really should be the biggest of average, or biggest, it's the biggest of below average, average Josh, Josh boys. boys. Yeah, that would be the actual yeah. official title. But somehow we we rolled in average Josh boys. I, I think it was me compensating because at the time I thought I was like five six, but I'm actually like five seven and a half. So eat it. Um, but Damn. The, to break it down, the biggest is a comment on how large and well endowed Josh is. He's got he's packing the meat. He's like Steve from Minecraft. Okay, mm. he's got that fat schlong. Yep, before hot. So fixes. that yeah, to get that the biggest, it's his penis of average josh boys it's because of his height so that's why i say it's got to now be the biggest of below average josh boys since the average height in the united states for a caucasian male is five i think nine technically really which is just outrageous really? is it that's fucking dumb no as way. shit i think so it's like between five six and five nine let me look um average height of white people <laughs> <laughs> in the united states Oh, yeah. Because apparently, I didn't. Huh. Yeah, I didn't actually know that, like, uh, Caucasian is a weird thing because it technically means hails from the Caucasus Mountains, um, which is like a mountainous region in Europe, I believe. It's kind of weird. Okay, you're not helping me right now. This is the worst Wikipedia article I've ever seen. Huh. It's like so much data. I'm like, bro, I just want to know how tall white people are. <laughs> I think it's not that hard. The true struggle. <laughs> Yeah, it's like 60.7% of the country's population, they sh- they're sure, oh, I don't fucking care, how tall are white people? Like, let's just say, we're lowball it and say 5'6", so then I'm above average. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's 5'9", though. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. is, I just broke it down for you. 
He's got a big penis, but he's short. That is the name. It's a dick joke. That's the entirety of it. It's like Ligma. It's just funny. Mm. So that is the end of this episode. Thanks everyone so much for listening. If you would like to chat with us outside the show, you could do so in a bunch of different ways. You can, of course, hit us up on twitter at IndiePod, super easy to find we did that on purpose um you can follow us there for indie games news uh for possible giveaways eventually if people keep fucking or stop fucking with it um we can you also get like notifications of our episodes and a whole lot more you can hit me up specifically at hide legion on twitter that's just me talking about a bunch of dumb shit. I might talk about ESO. I don't know. I'm trying to tank more recently. Mm. Um, I'm yeah, I'm trying tanking out because normally I go for DPS, but at like fucking every MMO is just la- just littered with DPS. It's so hard to find a tank or a healer, and I don't want to heal because that seems boring. So I'm gonna try to tanking, even though that stresses the fuck out of me. Okay, <laughs> so. There you go. You can hit me up at High Legion, H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N. You can find Josh on Twitter at the underscore George 90. And I believe your Twitch is twitch.tv slash the underscore George. It sure is. Okay, there you go. Anything else you would like to pimp out before we end the show? Uh, Nope. Listen to my dev interviews, listen to our episodes, and, you know, have a great day. All right. Like he said, please listen to the developer interviews. Of course, this week it is Patrick Trainer of Patrick's Paradox. That is the developer interview going live this upcoming Wednesday. Please check out the IndiePod store over on Teespring. Go to IndiePod on Twitter, and it's our pinned tweet. You can get a cool shirt, a sticker, and sometime soon a new hat. Please subscribe to us on YouTube just for fun when we make more videos. Uh, please leave us reviews on all sorts of podcasting platforms. Uh, that's either iTunes or anything else that you could possibly do that on and thank you so much to our patrons over at patreon.com slash indiepod you got mixamatosis aka mix uh zach durham chase hopkins philip renshaw from australia chris penwell josh nichols and sam fillion from canada thank you all so much for being patrons we love you you're amazing i'm gonna kiss you on the mouth and i hope you all have an amazing week bye fam